to the Heads Up Podcast. I am Jason Rogers, the head of school of Rundle College Society, and I'll be your host for this season's episode. With each new podcast, we hope to explore interesting topics relating to Rundle College student, faculty, and parent life. This season, you'll hear interviews with faculty, parents, alumni, students, and educational experts. Each episode will aim to provide an insight and context to the happenings in and around our community. Thank you for joining me and everybody in the Rumble College Society on this journey, and I hope you enjoy this Rumble experience. Welcome back to the Heads Up Podcast. On today's episode, I'm looking forward to a conversation with Ms. Danelle Spence, one of our school counselors here at Rundle College. Before we jump into the interview, let me take a minute and introduce you to who Ms. Danelle Spence is. Danelle is a teacher, a registered psychologist, and one of the school counselors at Rundle College Junior Senior High. She has a passion for psychology and the teenage brain, rooted in over 24 years of working with children and adolescents. Danelle com- completed her Bachelor of Science degree in psychology at the University of Calgary. She then went on to pursue an education degree before completing her Master's of Arts degree in Counseling Psychology from Gonzaga University. Danelle then went on to fulfill her lifelong dream of becoming a psychologist. It has been in this role where her expertise and enthusiasm for adolescent culture has anchored and flourished. Danelle has worked in a variety of settings, from daycares to children's hospitals to schools, eating disorder clinics, mental health agencies, to specialist centers for girls, and with her own private practice. Through her varied work experience and over two decades in the field, Danelle has noticed an unsettling theme, an increase in anxiety, mood, and sleep disorders, learning difficulties, and relationship problems. She believes it's a result of too much screen time, not having strong, emotionally attuned connections to caregivers, and our fast-paced, logic- and reason-driven society all of which, Danelle believes, hinders healthy brain development. You'll often hear Danelle talking about brain integration or balance, which she considers absolutely necessary for overall health and wellness. Danelle is currently presenting to parents in the community through various speaker series and is in the editing phase of a short, reader-friendly parenting book. All of these recent ventures stem from a desire to help increase parent understanding of the teenage brain and to help build confidence in their parenting skills, ultimately to decrease the amount of emotional distress she sees amongst teenagers. Join me in welcoming Ms. Danelle Spence to today's program. Okay, Danelle, welcome to the show. Um, Let's get right into the questions here. Now, oftentimes at our school or in assemblies with students, I hear you talking about a thing called the healthy brain platter. What is it and why is it important to you? I I came across the healthy brain platter uh, reading some of Daniel Siegel's work and I loved it instantly. And I started to use it in my practice right away with all the kids I worked with and their parents. What it is, is seven, so it's basically a metaphor to a platter with plates. And there are seven plates on the platter and those seven plates represent all the things we need in our life to be healthy and well. So, and having the balance because I am a huge believer in not doing one thing too much obsessively because that creates anxiety and uh, I guess an imbalance 
in someone's life. So these plates, as an example, are downtime. We need to chill out and we need that time just to have reflection and to be still because we are a very fast-paced society. And basically be bored uh, to, to stimulate that part of the brain, isn't that Kind of the case. Oh, totally. <laughs> I I say that all the time, and the comeback that I receive is, we don't have time to be bored. And so I do, in my mind, refer back to this platter because it's important. These are seven seven essential nutrients for your brain, Super. like we need for nutrition. Yeah. So there's um, downtime, playtime. We need spontaneous, unstructured play. Mm-hmm. And kids absolutely need that, and we, they need it as teenagers, and we need it as adults. Uh, sleep time, kids need 8 to 10, they don't get it. Uh, there is connecting time, relationships matter. Adolescents and kids need to hang out with their friends. It's neurologically essential. Absolutely. And, and adults, like none of this is for one, one age, developmental age. But the platter is, in, in any given week, our platters are imbalanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's focus time. And there are some weeks when all I do is work. And that's okay, but the following week I might say, I'm going to look at the connecting time on my plate and hang out with friends. For sure. And do you see, I know the kids joked about it a little bit last <laughs> year in our school about the healthy brain platter, but do you see it resonating with students and why do you think it resonates if it does? Yeah, I get made fun of for talking. They're like, oh, here's Miss Spence and her platter. I actually had, I advised the peer support team at Rundle, and the two presidents took their grad picture with a mock platter, and they gave it to me when they graduated. But, yeah, I get made fun of, and I think there's some kids that will roll their eyes and some teachers that will roll their eyes. But I think it does get into your mind, and you think this this is not okay. Mm-hmm. All I've been doing is focus time. Mm-hmm. All I've been doing, or I mean, all I've been doing is sleep time and I need to become more focused. Sure. So it's, I think it's resonating. And in fact, I showed it to the new year peer support team and I thought there's going to be some eye rolling or some, oh, not the platter again. But they, they want to hear about it and they want the balance. So I think it's okay. Awesome. Yeah, I think, I think so too. And I think kids are invested in their own wellness and I think it's great to bring that conversation forward. I think the platter is a really easy way to do it. Now if people want to see a picture of the platter, where would they find it, Danelle? Um, Tons of copies all over Rundle. I have them here. Uh, Daniel Siegel, oh, drdansiegel.com. It's on his website under resources. It's on my, I did a blog about it on my website, uh, rootpsychology.com. And you can just Google healthy brain. Oh, you know what? I've changed the title. I've asked Daniel Siegel permission to use it for educational purposes. I didn't ask if I could change the title, but it's called Healthy Mind Platter. (laughs) Awesome. I think, uh, I hope people Google it up. It is really a powerful visual, and I think Mm -hmm. it is making great inroads with our students and our faculty. Thanks. I understand you're speaking at the Girl Power Hour Friendraiser. Now, first of all, First off, Janelle, can you explain for me what a friend raiser is? And secondly, uh, what are you going to be talking about there? Yeah, I, I'm quite excited to be doing this. It's on October 11th, and um, they've done it every year, I think for the past six years or something, where 
Um, it's a lunch and learn downtown, and usually it's a, a fundraiser where funds go towards um, adolescent well-being and mm -hmm. girl wellness, and where they supplement psychology fees. So if a young woman was struggling, this this foundation supports them in being able to get the right support and the right counseling that they they need, Very subsidized cool. or free. And this foundation also um, helps build capacity with professionals and therapists and parents so that we as a society can help young girls and, and their families. So this friend raiser is a little bit different. So it's not a bunch of people gathering to raise funds, but it's to um, have conversation and bring awareness and to connect with each other and just come together, learn about emotional well-being related to girls and their families, a little bit around males too, because obviously um, it all ties in. But the the talk is specific to what parents can do, the what they can do more of, what they can do less of, in order to support their their children. And so I'm going to give lots of action items and tools and skills that they can actually take away and practice with their kids because I really believe in the capacity of parents to be able to help their kids and not necessarily need professional help, although sometimes that is warranted and that's what the foundation does. It helps families get the help they need. So lots of clips around. We're working on the presentation right now, but we're going to be playing lots of the movie Inside Out. Yeah, I awesome. might, that might be a secret so that I'm just going to let out of the bag. But that movie is fantastic because it, it just gives lots of um, empowerment to parents to be able to do what they need to totally. to make sure there's, no, there's less anxiety and depression. Yeah, and are you able to... Hate to put you on the spot, but can you give us a bit of a preview? So what's one tip that you provide parents should do and what's one tip that parents shouldn't do? That one's easy. Uh, listen. Yeah. <laughs> Talk less, listen. Every, this, I start to sound a little redundant with this, but every child needs to feel seen, understood, heard, and gotten. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't get them, even if you don't understand, and they need to feel that you are trying, mm -hmm. And that doesn't happen when you're talking over or problem solving or saying things like when I was a kid or when I was your age, because that doesn't let them see their child in their experience in that moment. Right. So listen more, talk less. Perfect. Yeah, those are words to live by. Yes. Okay, question three on a related but unrelated note. Um, I also understand that you'll soon be doing a parent speaker series for the parents of uh, kids at Rundle College Society. Um, what, what will you be talking about that night, Danelle? Well, a little bit about what I was just saying about listening and really understanding your child. However, there's a lot of things in today's society that get a, like distract us from being able to do that. And one of those things is technology and the amount of screen time we have. So the talk is teens and screens, the, the impact of too much screen time on the developing brain. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of science around the importance of left brain, right brain integration. So I do a little brain 101 just to um, 
get parents understanding that the right brain is just as important as the left brain and a well child and a healthy child has a whole brain. So an integrated brain, a little bit of the left logic and reason and a little bit of the left emotion, creativity, um, art, problem solving, self-soothing is in the right brain. Mm -hmm. So all, I don't know a parent that doesn't want their child to be able to settle themselves when they're feeling overwhelmed. So I do go into that a bit and then I really tap into how screens hyperstimulate the brain, creates a lot of struggles with sleep, relationships. We know that kids have a hard time um, sustaining attention in relationship and in class. So some some of what I'm noticing just being in the field for a while and in my observations working in schools and even here um, and finding that balance and and giving some again lots of action items because I don't like to talk just for talking I want people to leave with nuggets Mm -hmm. (laughs) that they can try with their families so you know things like no screens no technology in the bedrooms no technology at the dinner table how to have those conversations and why they're neurologically essential for the developing brain great and uh are kids invited to the no session? no kids <laughs> no kids allowed <laughs> i i actually one of the subtitles of the talk is the talk your teen doesn't want you to hear. Because yeah. when I brought in screenagers, I we the parent council and the admin at Rundle and myself brought in screenagers to um, to initiate some of the conversation around too much screen time, and we watched it with the kids during the day, and they went home because there was a parent talk that evening. Oh, mom, dad, you don't need to see that. You yeah. don't bother. Not yeah. not important. And it really was. And but they were trying to. You know, teenagers yeah. pull the wool over parents' eyes. For sure, but for sure. Yeah, no, no kids allowed. Okay, parents only. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. We're looking forward to that in the the coming days. Keep your eyes on the email from your administrators, and uh, for more information on Danelle's talk about teens and screens. Now on to question number four. Uh, Danelle, I still remember your job interview here at Rundle College a couple of years ago, and one response in particular stands out in my mind. We asked you at the time if you could have dinner with one person. Who would it be? Why don't you tell us what your answer was and, and why you chose this person? Well, it's kind of funny because I, I, you know, as soon as you asked me that, I thought it's got to be Daniel Siegel because I'm that boring. And he, I'm just obsessed with everything he does and continues to do. Like I truly on a Saturday night, I will YouTube Daniel Siegel and watch him yeah. and listen to him because I... Obviously, I'm a psychologist and I'm fascinated by brains and and he's the one that helped me integrate everything I've done over the past two decades into one succinct model of therapy, the way I work with people, the way I interact with people, the way I work with kids. And, you know, he wrote this book called Parenting from the Inside Out um, before he did all these parenting books. And it was basically saying, you know, as a parent... You come with stuff. You come with how you've handled emotions. You come with how your mom and dad used to talk to you, interact with you, how you handle emotions. And then you have a child, and then you bring those patterns into how you're parenting your child. And he says, in order to be a really good parent, and I almost want to say good enough parent because there's no such thing as the perfect parent, and you're going to mess up all over the place, and it's okay. But as a parent... 
you come with all this stuff and he encourages parents to unhook some old unhealthy patterns to be the best parent you can be in the here and now with your kids. And so this book changed the way I work with parents. When you work with adolescents, you have to work with parents. And so it changed everything with with that. And then I started reading more of his stuff. it's a little difficult to read. So if you're going to start Googling Daniel Siegel, don't read Mindsight and all those things because yeah. they're really difficult. But then he started writing these parenting books that had cartoons with uh, Tina Payne. And so I maybe want to have, I'd like to have Tina Payne over for supper too because yeah. they just made it so easy to understand what to do. When your child says, I hate you, yeah. Don't say, well, that's not nice. Mm-hmm. You don't. We don't say those words here. Mm-hmm. That's not the way to do it yeah. because it accidentally dismisses your child and where they're coming from, and you, you dismiss their anger. So little things like that were so powerful to me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that makes so much sense. And then he would write a cartoon saying, say this instead. Yes. And it's just so applicable, and I've recommended it to every single parent. I bought a box, and I have lots of friends having babies, so I would just, here it is. And now now my friends are rolling their eyes, like, oh, great, a Daniel Siegel book. Guess who this is from? But it's it's changed my life in so many ways. It makes my job easier because it's so much more manageable to be able to relay on these findings and learnings, and it's awesome. So if you were to recommend you know what are your top two seagull books that, that you would recommend for for parents the whole brain child and brainstorm and he's yeah brainstorm no drama discipline is the other one so you said two but i said three because i'm a rule breaker <laughs> yeah, all, all um right. but yeah the whole brain child that's the one i bought the box of Excellent. And he's got another one coming out. But again, he has to write with Tina, I find. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's a little too psych babble. Yeah. And yeah, it's he's fascinating. And he looks like Ron Howard. Even so it's, it's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well, my only ask is if you ever arrange the dinner for Tina and Danielle and yourself, you invite me along because I think it would be a fascinating night of, of conversation. For okay. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Danielle, we've made it to question five in the Rundle Five. And uh, here it is. What's the biggest challenge for today's youth? And what can we do as a community to help them build the tools to find success? Hmm. Uh, There's so many things that I think need to happen. But I always come back to the two words that I use a lot. And it's authenticity and congruency. Um, I know that that sounds complicated, but ultimately, being authentic. If you're sad, cry. If you're angry, speak up. If you're fearful, get comfort. Ask for what you need. Speak up. Use your voice. And be be congruent. If you're mad, don't cry. If you're fearful, don't don't run away. You yes. need comfort. I think we have just gotten so bad with our emotions. And so the better, the more competency we have with our emotions, if we know what we feel and then we can do something with our feelings, then I think we're going to reduce a whole bunch of anxiety Mm -hmm. and relationship problems and bullying. And I just think we have to let ourselves be vulnerable. And when we can be, then we can teach that to our children. 
So we have to model that. I think kids need a lot more modeling of healthy emotions. And emotions don't come all neatly packaged in a little box. We yeah. can't be happy and perfect and smiley. We are cranky and we are mad and we are upset and we're scared and we don't express it because we have to pretend. Um, we don't have to, but I think we do. And I think our kids do. So the one tool for parents and for for all, I think us as a society, to help our youth is to just get comfortable with emotions yes, and express them. Um, it seems so simple, but, I know. but it is definitely complex. And I, yeah. it reminds me of a reading one of Brene Brown's books, and I believe it's Rising Strong, but it, it could be wrong. And she says in that book that as adults, we're able to identify between six and eight different emotions, mm-hmm. but in reality, there's, I think she said 50. Those numbers might be slightly oh, wow. off. Yeah. But um, do you find that that's true? Like, is that part of your experience? Is the fact that we aren't even able, aren't even able to identify mm-hmm. our emotions? Oh, yeah. And I've actually stopped asking that in sessions with kids because they never know what they feel. Mm -hmm. Because there's such an array and we can't just label it as one simple thing. Our emotions are complex and we have to just let them in. And, And they are what they are. And we have to obviously be safe and take care of each other. But it's, yeah, I... Why do we have, I mean, it's important to label and to know, okay, I'm feeling sad, I need to cry. But sometimes we need help with that. And that's why we need parents to attune to kids around whatever emotion they're bringing and to be comfortable with not knowing what it is and not problem solve emotions because we can't problem solve emotions. We just have to be with them. And I know it's 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 way more complicated than that. And there's a battery of... <laughs> A battery of things you can do and not do but um, yeah I, I think Brené Brown also says we can't selectively numb emotions right. in her her one TED talk yeah, exactly. because we want to we want to numb the unpleasant and undesirable emotions like hate and jealousy and uh, despair and yeah. surprise and all these things those other 50 yeah. or whatever that you were saying but we can't selectively numb those because when we numb those ones we numb happiness and joy and that's where depression comes from when wow. we put a lid on those emotions yeah super super powerful stuff Danelle. Yeah. I think uh, the one gift that you gave me when we first met was you uh, use a language you know if you name it you can tame it and oh, I yeah. certainly come back to that all the time yeah. like it really resonates with me mm-hmm. and so I want to thank you for that and I think it I think it does come back to that naming your emotion piece yeah, yeah. and that's a that's a Daniel Siegel quote so at supper time we'll be talking about name it to tame it when we have them over I'll impress him <laughs> with my knowledge of his work. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. he, I think he has it trademarked so okay. you can't steal it okay perfect okay thank you for the warning <laughs> Excellent, Danelle. That's the end of our Rundle 5 portion of this interview. Now it's time to move on to the Rundle Rumble. Uh, those of you who have listened to the podcast before know that this is the Rundle Quick Fire Association game. Uh, I'll say one word, and I want you to rapid-fire Rundle Associate with that one word. Uh, really, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say each of these items? And it has to be Rundle Associated? These are all Rundle Associated words. Words. Oh, and I can just say whatever comes to my mind. Whatever's in your mind. Oh, dear. No. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, are we ready? <laughs> yes. Okay, awesome. I'm looking forward to this. So, uh, here we go. Number one, brain platter. Awesomeness. 
Number two, screen time. Too much. Number three, sous vide. <laughs> Steak. Number four, public speaking. Helping parents. Number five, introvert or extrovert? Middle. Number six, the Rundle advantage. Connection. Number seven, your dreams. Travel. Number eight, art. Abstract. Number nine, the school counselor's role. Supporting all. And last but not least, what does success mean to you? Happiness. Awesome, <laughs> Danelle. Uh, that was a really fun interview. I hope a lot of people listen to it and take a lot from it. Thanks for taking the time this afternoon to, to be with us, and best of luck in your upcoming speaking engagements. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to do this.